I love your outfit. It's like so distracting. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like distracting in a good way, but I'm always like when somebody has a style, I'm like, thank you. Tell me more about that. Are we rolling, by the way? We are rolling, so you guys can start whenever you like. Tell me more about that. I want to start with that for a minute. Tell me more about what part? The style? Yeah. Well, I th I'd love people that have style and like a position on something, right? Because having a position on something is, you know there's something going on in somebody's brain and it's intentional and they're trying to express something and they're trying to, they're, they are showing you a little bit about who they are. And I love that. I think we've just, one of the things with fashion and you know, standards as far as like, you used to have to go to a country club and you'd have to be in a jacket and all that. And I understand relaxed standards because, you know, it's more comfortable, but I think we miss a lot of opportunities to get to know people when everybody's just wearing sweatpants, <laughs> you know, or my whatever workout clothes, which is what everybody seems to do. So it was kind of nice today to get dressed up. And I thought, wow, that's right. Can I walk in high heels? Better start practicing. You know, the pandemic is over. Yeah. Like time to, you know, so to me, it's visually appealing, right? We don't need to just see everybody and that there's anything wrong with it, but it's like, okay, t-shirt, hoodie, I get it, but I have ADHD, so I mm. like something else to like land my eyes on and my brain moves fast so I can process it and like look at your very fabulous outfit and still do the work I'm here to do. It's Marley Major, the party goddess herself is right here. Thank you for yes. saying that. Uh, Josh Carey with you today, by the way. Welcome to the program, The Hidden Entrepreneur. So good to see you, to be seen, to be visible, to no longer hide, to take off that mask and do exactly what you know you're capable of doing. Isn't that why we're here or attempting to be here? Which, Marley, I love that you spoke about my outfit, uh, yeah. quite frankly, because there were many years in my life where I couldn't feel comfortable in this because you sort of need a, a sense of, I don't know if confidence is the word, but you but need- But why, but why yeah. would you feel, okay, so you would have felt more comfortable in what, first of all? Yeah, great question. In what, in, in crap, in something that whatever my current mood was, anger, depression, oh, anxiety, I'm like, oh, this, 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 this matches my mood. And then you kind of are in the background more in the background more and then it becomes what a vicious cycle right and then you're like oh now I don't want to go out because I'm fat and in my sweats yeah and then I justified yeah. and um, validated my own feelings yeah which I know now we can validate the opposite feeling as well which exactly. feels a little better goes into a little fake it till you make it zone which I'm believe in tremendously <laughs> you do believe in I want to get right into your book first sure. of all under the brand the party goddess which um I was talking to uh to my colleague before the show today and he just he just loved <laughs> loved it I mean it, it, it like it, it like struck something do you find well, that to be the case I do but it it originally when I came up with the name I was at one of the lowest points in my life. So I was trying to strike something, but a little bit of like maybe flipping the middle finger because I was at such a low point in my life and I was transitioning from the restaurant business to event planning. And so I needed a name for my event planning company. And I was like, you know, talking about you where you're like, oh, I wasn't wearing the, you know, these outfits and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's, I was in the outfit zone of like, okay, let's just wear sweats, no makeup and feel sorry for ourselves. And then I thought, okay, this is not going to work. Not if I want to pay a mortgage in the future. So I better get it together. And then when I kept thinking of a name that would resonate with people, I was like, well, 
okay, at least, you know, because in marketing you go, okay, it should tell you, be obvious what you do. It mm. should be, you know, you go through all these things and that's my background. And so then I was like, whatever, why not call myself the party goddess? And, and I remember going the first industry event that I went to where I was introduced as that by my very gracious friend who knew I was having a very tough time. And was like, yes, and this is Marley from the Party Goddess, like as if the Party Goddess was like centuries old, you know, like as if I was Palm Olive or something. And <laughs> was just totally like, here she is. And I remember the person literally looked at me like in a very LA or New York way, just like, <laughs> like the Party Goddess. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, as I say, I'm not in a good spot now, but I was thinking to myself, I will freaking flipping own you. And that like story and that it is seared in my brain and it really motivated me to be like who are you like little miss jane doe events like you're not so fabulous either so why can't i be fabulous but i just took that emotion mm. i was like oh no i am not going to be at the bottom of the barrel of this industry so you didn't please everybody out of the gate, but here's the thing. You got feedback that supported the, hey, I'm not pleasing everybody and me in years past. What a just coward. Well, me in years past, because I think that depends upon, uh, depends also on how you grow up. So mm -hmm. I grew up in a, in a really conservative, I'm not necessarily saying politically, but I'm saying like, you know, you do this and you do that and you get an education and you get married and you, you know, there are kind of steps to happiness. And I very much followed that prescription until I realized, okay, well, I've followed it, I think, but it's not really working. Am I the only one that feels like it's not working? Like are other people, do other people in the world think it's not working because like everybody around me seemed to have the white picket fence and it all seemed to just look perfect. And yeah. inside I seemed to be the only one who was like, oh my gosh, I'm still struggling with those 10 pounds while these girls are like eight months pregnant and weigh half of what I weigh, you know? Yeah. And so I think when you kind of, sometimes when you do hit rock bottom, you get to the point where you're like, whatever. I mean, I don't even care anymore. So mm. this is, I'm going to do what I want to do because the other way didn't work. So much of my life, I felt like, Everybody else right. has it figured out. Oh, yeah. I'm the only one who doesn't. Right. But what was strange was that I felt like, you know, Josh, you 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 think you're talented. Like you you feel like you can right. achieve. So what is happening? Right. If the universe is responding differently, who's right and who maybe uh Right. It's it's weird. Yeah. But you have to the thing I think some of those things I think are just like games that the universe plays with you to see if you really want it, you know, to see if you, if it can throw all this tumult at you and if you can just stay the course. Like I sometimes joke that I felt so many times like I was holding onto a palm tree, like in a hurricane. Right. And I'm just like, okay, just, you can hold on just a little longer, a little longer, like as if it's a test. And I think those are the people that do make it are the ones that are just not going to give up no matter what and no matter how hard it is because now being on this side i know it's hard for everybody they, they might say it's not but they're lying yeah i mean it is hard there's there's no well i should say if they don't think it's hard then they're either lying or in my opinion sorry they're not particularly successful i mean you know so i'm yeah. sure there are plenty of just lazy people who are like oh, okay I'm good. We're going to get to your book in a minute, which has, I, I mean, I, my jaw dropped when I read the title of your book because mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, my father mm -hmm. spent so many conversations with me saying the same thing right. as creatives. Right. 
drop it in. What is the title of this book? It's called, But Are You Making Any Money? And I just, if you knew how many times I heard that question from my father, but are you making any money? I was like, hmm. And I would always have an answer. And the answer was never yes or no. Mm. The answer was always started with well, comma. Yeah. You don't understand. Correct. You, you know what? I'm, my business is different than yours. It's a process. It's a process. It takes a while. Nobody's profitable the first year slash three years slash what, I mean, just wow. fill in the blank, right? I mean, it might as well have been like a Mad Libs, like just fill in literally whatever excuse. And what I realized is it's just a question that we all have to ask ourselves if we want to be in business. You know, if you, if it's a hobby, that's a totally different story. But if you really want to be in business, you have to be asking yourself that not just in the beginning, but regularly. And then what happens is you become desensitized to it. Like it used to just enrage me, right? Oh, yes. I, mean, I forgot like, about that. Like, Because <laughs> oh you take gosh, it personally. Like, why are you? You take it personally yeah. because you're like somebody's challenging you and you're. And like, you don't know. You, you don't, don't know. Right. You don't understand. And there's all these components I need to tell you about. But, but they do know. But they do know. They do know. And they know in business, it is a simple yes or no answer. Now. It might not, it could be yes, and that answer could be you're making 10 cents, and that might, so it might have some qualifications in your brain, like yes, but I want to be doing better, or no, but, you know, I know why, and I'm actually doing something about it with, like, a plan, mm. as opposed, but what I find is that when you can't answer the question, you don't know why, and that's the scary, that's the scary part is when you're not sure what exactly is going wrong. And that's what yep. the book fixes for people is it just in a very simple fashion just uncovers, look, it's not rocket science. Just do this and this and this and you're going to figure out where your issue is. Now, if you want to do something about it, that's a different story. But figuring it out is not always as hard as people think. I, reading your, your, your list of credits, your successful campaigns and relationship literally le reads like a who's who of Hollywood. How in the world did that happen? Well, believe it or not, it happened as a result of that, that first conversation, that first industry event where somebody was like, who? And I, and I really, it, I knew from a marketing perspective, well, I knew that LA and New York are two very, very competitive markets. And then, you know, you have London, you have, now we have a lot of competitive markets. But I knew at the time LA and New York were very, very competitive. And I also knew, I'd read some statistic there that there was, you know, it's probably way off by now, but it was something like there are 486,000 event planners in the English speaking world. And I was like, even if that was half right or half, like, how in the heaven's name am I going to compete against that, right? That's always what I would ask myself. How am I going to stand apart? Because there's always going to be somebody with more money that can, can outspend me in terms of doing a Super Bowl ad, right? Mm. There's, there's always going to be something. But for me, what I just started looking at is what can I make my differential advantage? And I was fascinated by the whole celebrity piece. Now, not maybe in the way you might think. Like some people are fascinated by the celebrities in terms of they want to like take the photo with the celebrities or they want to be the celebrities. Or I was fascinated with the fact that, that I grew up with some very, very wealthy friends billionaires, one of them at least, and who could run circles around 
the money that these celebrities had. But what I was always fascinated by was it'd be spring break in high school and, you know, you're reading the magazines and they are paying attention to what the celebrity is wearing and what face cream they use and where, where they're eating dinner and where they're... And, and then we would all, like, be like, oh, we want to go there. We want to eat that. We want to... And, and I would just in my brain be like, you guys are doing... Cir- Why do you care? But for whatever reason, however we're hardwired, we care what somebody at supposedly an elevated position thinks. And so for a long time, I thought, well, I can get some celebrities. Not that I had a clue how, but I thought, okay. But then I just decided I I got my career to a certain point. I was making money. Like those boxes were checked. Thank you. But I thought if I want to make a mark and what, what am I doing if I'm not trying to make a mark? I mean, that's just my competitive personality. And then I thought I've got to come up with something. So I figured it was celebrities. So I remember, you know, I'm very big on you write your goals down and they're very specific. And I have done this for 30 or more years. So I had written down that I wanted celebrity clients, how many A-list celebrity clients I wanted, how many I wanted a year, how many magazine articles I wanted a year. I mean, I was very, 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 I was like that geeky girl, like with the vision boards. But I wrote that down. And then the first thing is like, okay, well, great. But how do you, where do do you get that? Like, where do you? And so I just would talk to my other friends about it, you know, because that's part of goal setting. And so then one of them said, hey, listen, my friend is a publicist, And I think she deals with some celebrity stuff. Like at least she can kind of get you in the right direction because I had no direction. So I talked to her and she said, yeah, I can help you. And then she kind of told me how she's worked with people in the past and how they've done it. And one of the things that people don't realize is that celebrities love free stuff. I think now we know more because of the gifting suites, they love it. But I think they don't realize how much they love it and how much it is expected. Mm. It is just the currency of the game. And I was like, okay. And I had a, I remember having this, this big mental argument with myself. Cause I was like, I shouldn't need to be going after the celebrities. Like they should be coming after me. My work is that good and all that mm. stuff. And I just thought, okay, fine. Keep, keep doing that. It's not working. I mean, it is working to a certain extent. And then when I came up with this plan with my friend to like really reach out to celebrities and be like, now remember I did not have, celebrities. I didn't Mm. have, I wasn't in people magazine. I mean, I didn't have any of that. So I was like, okay. So she would help me contact them and we would give them a gift certificate and be like, you know, Hey, and, and I thought, well, these people can like, why did, why are they even going to care about a gift certificate? Like who cares? But it just goes to people. What is the top 10 words in the English language that people love is one of them is free. Well, they are in the same category. And so I remember one day being at my office and I think I was like sitting on the floor, like working on some just hot mess of a project, not very glamorous. And I remember my assistant being like, Jamie Spears is on the phone. And I was like. Of the famous Spears family. Of like, and so by the way, I'm a big Jamie Spears fan. And I was like, what? And she was like, what? Like she, I was like, come on. Oh my God. It's got to obviously be like one of my friends punking me. So this was the first it was way up there. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was way up yeah. there. And, and I remember just being like, okay, well, what do I, and I was like, yeah. this is Marley. Like as yeah. if it's yeah. like, oh, hi. And you are, and, and talk <laughs> about the fake it till you make it. I was like, okay, I am now. So they were like, okay, well, so what are the, you know, started talking about this and they wanted to do a, a party for the boys or Britney's boys, et cetera, et cetera. Got all the details. Like I did, you know, then I kind of went into my own zone. Like I knew how to plan parties. So I went into my own zone and I remember being like, okay, thank you. And you know, yes. And we'll get back to you with the terms and you know, all these things. And I just was like hung up and I was like, oh my God. And now what? Now like, 
okay, now what do I do? And how do you behave? And what do I, do I ask them to sign a confidentiality agreement? Like, like, do they, like, do they, do I send it to my lawyer if I get one from them? I mean, like, what do you do? You know, you're at the guard gate. Like, how did they, how did, how did they? Well, it's interesting because you, for us, we started down the path and, um, you know, we got all the details and stuff. And then by the time it got to the point where it was like, okay, it looked like we were pitching them ideas that they liked and it was going to, you know, we're all on the same page kind of thing. And then, and I would talk, would speak with her uh, manager as well. And then it got to the point where, okay, we need to do a, a meeting. And then we had to do a site check. And that's when, you know, the confidential we'll send over the confidentiality agreements. And that's when you're just like losing your mind because you realize, am I signing my life away? What am I, what am I agreeing to? Because you're trying to read it, but you also want to play it cool, right? You don't want to see it sit like, oh, hi, I'm now going to. I don't think I'm going to sign that because then you know what's going to happen. They're going to be like, fine, next. And yeah. find the next party planner who's happy to sign it. So I just was like, okay. I mean, I read it. I signed it. But then I said to my team, don't you guys say one word about this. Like, I have just signed that we're not talking about it. We're not. You know, and everybody was so paranoid but excited at the same time. And and it was just a great, it was a great moment. But you realize that business, like parties, they're all the same. Clients are nervous about whatever kind of party they're going to throw, whether it's for their kids or, you know, the kids and all the kids going to show up or is there going to be a problem at the valet? You know, are they going to like the food? Is it going to be too hot out? Is it going to be, mm-hmm. but then you add a celebrity component to it and then you've got, <laughs> will the helicopters drown out the music, you know, because you've got all these paparazzi concerns. So the, this idea of being prior to the right. party goddess, right. uh, an identity, a business, right. um, mixed in with the conversation your father, like mine, has had yes. many times. Many, underscore. I can personally, looking back on my reasons, there was um, a lot of unworthiness. Right. I wasn't, I was keeping busy, as right. I know is the subtitle of the book right, too, right? right? Uh, I know that for me, it was just a... F- like we were going back to the beginning of the show. Um, I didn't wear certain things because I just didn't right. have the self-worth, right. self-confidence, low right. self-esteem, which is exactly why I wasn't allowing myself right. to make money. Right. So with that, I know you speak a lot about shame. I mean- Could we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, and, and it's so funny because people often have said to me like, why are you so open about that? Why are you so, mm. and I've, I've said, because if I didn't say it, somebody else would. Right. So somebody else would be like, that girl wasn't always all that. That girl used to do, you know, whatever train wreck activity I was doing. We all have our past. We all have our past. And so I just figured, hey, listen, it seems like there are a few other people out there like me. So if I can just come out with the story and give them all the gory yet accurate details, perhaps they can see themselves in it and also turn it around. Right. Because you, you, I think anyway, you have shame when you, feel that you are somehow not up to par to other people. But the big key to that is is actually knowing that you're not up to par, which we don't know, right? We just think uh, based on Instagram uh, or we uh, think based on... So if you really drill down with somebody about that and you're like, okay, they're like, well, they're doing this and they're doing mm, that. Mm, 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 well, mm. But you don't know how they... Maybe they paid to get that placement maybe they there's Mm. so many things you don't know and so first of all you gotta you can't measure yourself to to 
anybody else because if you're going to you got to take the sum of all of it right like how good a person are and they etc etc et and you don't we you never don't. do you're no. only like just in this that. little category yes, yes. and it's like meanwhile they're yeah like everything else you know that's not good right like, we get it huge bucket yeah so for me i had made so many mistakes in business and i had publicly made so many mistakes in business and i already was kind of a mouthy girl who young had a lot of confidence in myself, which really? is, which I, yeah, imagine that. You did. I did. Okay. But when you have a lot of confidence and you're kind of, and then you accomplish a few things, you know, you, you, uh, you, you eating a dose of humble pie because you start thinking you're the master of the universe, right? You're like, okay, I'm 22. My goal is to do a million in sales. I did. What's next for me? What's next for me? And so it was very much like I had, I was just knocking it out of the park. But my dirty little secret was that there were certain parts I was knocking out of the park, but there were other parts that I very much was not knocking like, out of the park. Well, for example, yeah, I hit a million dollars in sales. That was one of my written goals, okay? That I wanted to do that. My first year, I was 22 in the restaurant business. Boom, boom, boom. Great. But yeah, but what you don't realize is if you do a million dollars in sales, but you spend 1.1, you haven't done yourself any favors. Do 500,000 in sales. Don't hit the goal on the piece of paper, Right. Or have better goals, which of course I learned later. Do five hundred thousand and actually spend four fifty. You're way up. But so so there were so many things that I just felt like I did so wrong. But then you know then there are people that are are justifiably so. I was a brat about it. So there were people that were very happy to be like, ha ha. And, uh -huh. you, and you kept these as as a secret. You said that absolutely because shame, what are you supposed yeah. to say? You're supposed to be like. Really, I feel like crap about myself, and I don't think I'm that great a party planner. In fact, I think there's those girls over there who are crushing it. You should call them. I mean, well, you can't do that if you have a mortgage to pay and kids that you want to put through college, right? You have to be like, you have got this. You can do this. Okay, maybe you're going to have to work like night and day for a while, but you can turn this around if you want to. And I think the biggest piece of advice that I have for people is that there is always a way out, whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever, I believe in both, but there is always a way out if you just put your head down and work at it and just do not give up the whole Winston Churchill piece. And what I knew was that I was very confident in my excuses of why I wasn't making any money and that in my opinion, they were pretty justified. But then I just thought, you know, this is, I am better than this. And I don't know why I'm not making any money, but I do know that I can figure it out somehow and I'm going to figure it out. And then it's not fun. And you start digging in and you don't know where you're going and the learning curve is huge. And you, you it's like ripping a Band-Aid off. And then I knew I was going to have to change some of my business practices, which I did. But the scariest part was the the moment before I decided to make the change, right? Because that's the part where you feel like you have to open the closet and see what's in it. Tell that's me. the that's the part where you're like, I don't want to look at my financials, like, because you're going to see all your mistakes. But that's great because when you see your mistakes, you don't repeat them. So you what was this change that you made? The change was a dinner at my with my parents, um, where 
I was going on about, oh, and then we're doing this and the opening of the Holy Bull or God only knows what I was, you know, pontificating so about. So on paper, it was brilliant. On paper, it was br- not only on my paper, <laughs> on the magazine papers, on every paper, it was brilliant. So what was the problem? Right, the problem was I was not making any money. I was now back in the same spot I had been in in the restaurant business. So I thought, okay, if I don't have 100 employees, if I don't have all this overhead, surely I can um, create profit, profit and loss statements where... I'm going to know my numbers and I'm going to know how many jobs I need to do a year. But what happens is life happens, right? And so then you have five more clients calling you for bids and then you're working on the bids and then you're executing a job and you come home from the job on Saturday night and you don't take the time to tally up all your receipts of what the job actually cost you to produce. And you just keep writing another proposal based on the numbers of the last proposal, right? That's why the subtitle of the book is Stop Being Busy, Start Creating Cash. Because it's like, you you have to just stop and say, you can't, then you can't take any more, you can't do any more proposals right now. So you're at dinner. Yeah, my dad says, and I'm going, oh, this is so great. And my dad is like, stop. My dad had had it by this point. And, and the event was the Hollywood Bowl? I was talking about, I think I was talking about the One Hollywood Bowl and a celebrity thing. And you know, he wouldn't know a celebrity out of one, nor would he care. Right. So- and he just was like, but are you making any money? And I just remember that moment. Like I remember the moment when I was, you know, that event planning conference where like the crocodile tears (laughs) are at the rim of your eyeballs Mm. and you feel them sitting there and you are like, I'm not even going to move my face (laughs) because if one starts to go over, I will never stop crying. And I am in a very public place. And I just remember like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. You've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And But I'm telling you at that moment, I thought to myself, I am done with this story. I am done not being able to answer this question. Mm. It can't be that hard. He would have been happy if I said, yes, I am. I'm making $5. Because he would have at least known I knew how much. But it's this dizziness that yeah. kills us. That's or the shame. I'm sure he would have been just as happy if you said, I'm, I'm not. Well, or if I, I said, know you know to. what? I lost 10000 last year um, because I undercharged a client. Mm, so admission. I changed my proposals this year and now we're on track. Progress. Imagine. Admission or progress. Right. Admission or progress or just some kind of self-realization that you're working on the problem, that you're working on the problem, that it's not just acceptable to be in business without knowing your numbers because it really, it really isn't. Or be in life without Without, knowing your quote unquote numbers. Numbers. It's the same thing, right? Self-awareness, admission, being able to admit. That, that, but that comes from, you know, you get, clocked like I have a few times with the dose of humble pie and you start getting it but it does get a lot easier then you just start going oh yeah that was a doozy yeah but some people go to their grave without admitting a damn thing right and then and then they have the results to show for it in my opinion I would much rather say you know what I blew it or I don't understand Mm. right because when I have said that even to people that I'm embarrassed about like in the old days to my accountants I'd be like I don't like what is depreciation again? Like, I don't understand, you know, how does that affect what I do? Like, I'm thinking, do I, am I depreciating a martini? What am I depreciating? (laughs) Right. And then, and, and, you know, I remember, you know, the old curmudgeon account was like, you know, like how dumb can this girl be? But I finally just thought, you know, I don't give two hoots what this clown says. I'm just going to keep asking these questions until I get an answer that I understand. The other interesting thing that I figured out 
was that a lot of times when people won't answer your, your questions is because they don't know the answer. Mm. So if you, so I used to say to other event planners, like, oh, so how do you guys charge? Like, do you do a markup? Do you do? I was not trying to pry. I was genuinely Learned. like trying to figure out my own pricing. Like, yeah. what's kind of the way you do it? I knew how we did it in the restaurant business. I knew how we did it for events in a banquet space. And they'd be like, oh, you know. And then I realized, I mean, a billion years later after the book came out that they don't know how to answer my question because they don't have a set formula for pricing, right? They say, I do a wedding for X amount of money, but it doesn't increase, the amount doesn't increase or decrease based on the scope, right? It's just like a wedding, I charge this amount. So they don't know how much they're really making at the end of the day per hour. They don't, they don't have a, if a product costs me this, I mark it up this much, right? And then I charge X amount for my time. But if they even know how much they charge for their time, let's say they happen to charge hourly, which most don't. But let's say they just charge hourly instead of a, a flat fee. They don't take into consideration how much drive time, how much texting time they're doing with the client about the proposal. Mm. All that gets lost. So then they think, oh, I'm making $150 an hour. No, you're not. I have this whole exercise where I go through and it becomes so obvious that, oh, no, not only are you not making $150, like when I did it for myself, I call it my McDonald's moment, I was making less than $5 an hour. And I realized wow. I would be better off at McDonald's. Like I would have a 401k and I would not have to go to McDonald's because I was so stressed <laughs> out after my events. And this is ridiculous. Like, because a lot of times people should just get jobs. I hate to say that. If you don't want to know your numbers, you should maybe just get a job because you're going to make more money at the end of the day. It seems like the overriding theme here is you have to be honest with yourself, with what you're doing, with what you're knowing, with what you're feeling. Honesty. You have to be honest with, and you have to be honest with your goals. You can also say, which is I, which a lot of coaching clients I've worked with, they'll be like, I, I just get them to say, I don't want to work that hard. Mm. That is perfectly acceptable. No judgment. It's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Just because I want to work 24 hours a day and have no life has no impact whatsoever on anybody else. But that just goes to knowing yourself, you know? And so I can say, listen, in order for you to make this dollar amount that you're saying you want, you're either going to have to turn tricks on Hollywood Boulevard or you are going to have to do X amount of events and at currently how you're charging you're going to have to charge, you know, $2,000 an hour or whatever it would be. Or you're going to have to do, you know, tons of them. You're going to have to do three times the amount you're currently doing. It is okay to say, I don't want to work that hard. It's also okay to say, I don't know how I would get my rate to $2,000 or an hour or whatever. The, the place that I try to get people out of is that place that is full of shame, which is the not knowing. It's, it's you don't have to make a billion dollars you don't have to want to make a billion dollars but what i think that where the confidence and the self-worth comes in is when it's a conscious decision right like i'm coming to this interview you're not paying me i don't want to be paid i'm thrilled to come to the interview right there i'm getting it it satisfies me on a million different things right but i'm very upfront about that in my head i'm not saying i'm going to give x amount of time to go mm. over there and do this you know what I'm, do you know what i'm saying yeah it's a, you're, you're making a trade-off. And so you have to have those real conversations with yourself and then say, okay, 
but I'm doing this one, which I'm really excited to do. I probably can't do four other ones this week because guess what? I do have to pay my mortgage. So I'm going to have to, bup, bup, bup. If, or if I want to go on this fabulous international vacation in two months, well, then my days are going to be longer and I'm going to not have as many weekends, but it's a choice. The shame and self-worth where you have issues is when you don't know, you just feel busy. So you don't say, I'm not going to do five interviews because those don't have an immediate payoff. They have a long-term payoff, right? But I kind of call it like, I have this analogy in the book about, it's like um, radishes, I forget what it's like, radishes, cucumbers, and something else, which is basically like you plant certain seeds and you know certain seeds mature very quickly Mm -hmm. and you can harvest them right so we all need some of those we need some of those that's the equivalent of do a google ad put it out for an event you get the event it's a quick and dirty event you might not make two tons of money but the money's coming in fast right and then you have other things that you do marketing or you know a a podcast or whatever and it's going to take a long time and the dividends are going to be way down there that's a that's an avocado tree, right? It's going to take seven years for that thing to, to bear fruit. So you don't plant all avocado trees if you don't have any money coming in, right? You kind of have this mix. And so, but it's all just about being like, okay, I'm going to make this trade for this trade, this trade for this trade. Um, I'm going to do this nonprofit event, but then I'm going to have to do this event to offset all the time I'm doing, you know, for my kid's school or something like that. But the confidence is in knowing and and you choosing as if as opposed to feeling like your email and your like you're just getting you know lost in a fire hose. You catch all that? <laughs> but are you making money? Catch it on Amazon anywhere you buy books. It's Marley Major, the party goddess. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, sitting down with us today. Thank you. I loved it, and I love your outfit, and I am very happily distracted. Still, start to finish. <laughs>